Hey everybody, when I'm not on the water soaking up rays, I'm listening to Larry and Sherry on C3 Live. Hey, I miss you guys. Y'all have a great Sunday. Hey C3, I miss you. I hope to see y'all soon. Hey C3, uh, hope everybody is well. This is Hello from Pickwick, and we hope to see you all soon. Bye. Take care, guys. Hi, C3. Sure miss everybody. Can't wait to see you again in person. Hey, C3. I miss you. I can't wait to see you again. Also, I'm officially a bride for sake. Hey, C3. Just wanted to say I miss you. Love you. Sundays aren't the same without you. Hope to see you soon. Hey, C3. These are our cousins from Texas that we're visiting. Good morning.
Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Oh, worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Oh, this is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You laid down your Good morning, C3. I hope everybody's doing well. I'm going to do the call to worship this morning. It's going to be from Psalm 27, 4 through 6, if you want to follow along. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in his shelter of sacred tent and set me high up on a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me at his sacred tent. I will sacrifice the shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. All right. I hope everybody's doing well. Um, again, we miss you guys. Cannot wait to see you soon. I hope you enjoy this beautiful day, the weather, and um, just hug each other when you can. Bye. Good morning. Welcome to Christ Community Church. We're so glad you guys joined us this morning. Uh, thanks, Gail, for the call to worship there. Uh, we're going to sing some songs this morning. Larry's going to do some preaching. And I got Sean and Zach here with me. So we're going to play a song for you. We guys encourage you, uh, we guys encourage you to sing along and worship with us.
Never have I known more that I need you Than out here wandering all alone Jesus, lead me to your healing waters Take me down to your healing stream Jesus, lead me to your healing waters. Take me down and wash me nice to have everyone here. It's nice to be here. Thank you, guys. I love that song. I love, yeah, I really love that song. And I like it. You like it? <laughs> it's all right. It's good. It's good. <laughs> and so as the guys were singing, I jotted down a couple of the, of the lines. Um, Jesus, lead me to your healing waters. Take me up and set me free. There's a line that says, burn me up till I believe, burn me up until I see. That is a, that is a fantastic song, and it sounds good too, Chris, so <laughs> you're welcome. But um, those, are, those are big words. Yeah. Those are big words. Take me up and set me free. What does that, I mean, you know, what does that mean? I mean, I like to sing it, and in fact, I was, you know, uh, uh, maybe this is too much information, I was videoing while they were doing it because I want to remember this song. 
Um, but take me up and set me free? Hmm. That's kind of, that's kind of big. Yeah. And so I want to, uh, Larry's going to teach today on um, an, an idea that can set us free. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, I'm going to recommend in the beginning a book, start with a book that I love. It is one of my I probably say this about every book I hold, but it is one of my favorite books. I, I strongly recommend this book, The Poisonwood Bible by Barbara Kingsolver. It's a family saga, um, and it has an event that about midway through, the family, it builds the, the, the great tension, and the family builds to a great, great tension, and then there's a terrible disaster, and there's actually a death. Um, and so... In following this story, we have two uh, settings. It's set in 1960, and part of the setting is part of the time, most of the time it's in Africa, in the Belgian Congo at the, at the brink of revolution, and the other uh, time it's set in Atlanta, Georgia in the 1960s, also on the brink of revolution. So there's tension in the story, there's tension in both the settings, and there's tension in the family. Uh, the problem... When, when you get to the middle and this terrible tension comes to its head and there's a death, the question that I ask myself always is, how could that have been avoided? How could that mm. terrible thing have been avoided? Mm. What's the reason? Why did this happen? Now, this is a work of fiction. But, of course, good art reflects real life and real people. So how could this be avoided? Well, the answer in this book is manyfold, but the one I'm going to choose this morning is the father didn't listen. It's not a book, uh, it could have been the mother who didn't listen, it could have been one of the children, it doesn't matter that it was a father, it just so happens in this book it was the father. But the father didn't listen. They, these guys were missionaries, and the father didn't listen to the mission board when they said, this is getting too heated, you need to come home, you need to come out of this mission field. This father didn't listen to the African woman who came to him to help and said he was planting. She was going to show him how to plant in Africa, and you have to plant in, in little mounds rather than flat. And he knew already how to plant Kentucky Wonder Beans, and mm -hmm. he told her she didn't know what she was talking about. He planted his Kentucky Wonder Beans exactly the way he wanted to, and when the rains came, they washed away. We saw that same scene in Out of Africa when she's trying to dam up the, the water, and the man, the African man helping her says, that water doesn't live here. It lives in Mombasa. <laughs> and she says, that water lives here if I wanted to live here. And she makes her dam just like she wants to. And sure enough, when the rains come, washes the dam away, and the man comes along. And he's not snide. He just says, I told you that mm. water mm. lives in Mombasa. She didn't listen. Mm. This father didn't, in the book, the Poisonwood Bible, didn't listen to his wife. He didn't listen to his, ch to his children. He didn't listen to anyone. And when... The inevitable end to a man who is not person, who is not listening, came a terrible demise. He couldn't, he couldn't do anything but blame it on somebody else. Mm. This man listened only to his own experience. He pushed everything that happened through the lens of his own experience. And he couldn't listen and didn't listen to anybody else. Mm. And in the end, he lost everything. <clears throat> and dragged a lot of people through yeah. it with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the end of that book is not about this. That's, that's not the main point of that book. But it is a, a significant subplot that is this. Not listening always leads to loss. Mm. 
Yes. And Larry's going to talk about Rehoboam, right? Yes. And yes. how this is exactly what happened to Rehoboam in the text that he's prepared for today. Thank you. You're welcome. Am I good? Uh, pray with me. Lord Jesus, I, uh, I thank you that we can be together today. You tell us numerous times uh, in your word that he who has ears to hear, let him listen. Let him hear. Um, I pray today that you would give us the desire and the ability to hear what the Spirit of God is trying to say to the church. Please don't let us miss it. Please don't let us uh, miss it, I pray. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. You got a copy of the scriptures. I want you to turn to 1 Kings chapter 12. Uh, and I've sort of summarized uh, the, the most important part of this chapter uh, because I want us to focus on one key idea that's emphasized in this chapter. So let me read this to you. Uh, this is talking about uh, a man named Rehoboam. His dad was named Solomon. You know him. And his granddaddy was named David. And David had died, and Solomon had just died. And so the people of Israel are uh, coming to Jerusalem uh, to uh, uh, make Rehoboam the king. And so let me read this to you. It says, All Israel came to make Rehoboam king and said to the king, Your father put a heavy yoke on us, but if you will lighten that yoke, we will serve you. And Rehoboam replied, Give me three days to think about it, and then return. So the people left. And Rehoboam asked the elders who had advised his father Solomon, What should I say? And they said, If you will listen to the people and be their servant, then they will be your servants forever. But Rehoboam would not listen. And instead he asked his peers their advice. It says that he asked these young men that, were, that had grown up in the palace with him, living a life of indulgence and opulence. Instead he asked them their advice. And they told him to say, My father burdened you with a heavy yoke, but I'll add to your yoke. My father beat you with whips. I'll beat you with scorpions. Basically saying, play the tough guy. Show them who's boss. Don't take any flack from them. You show them that you're in charge and they better follow you or else. Is basically what these young men uh, <clears throat> advised the, uh, Rehoboam. <clears throat> so after three days, the people returned and Rehoboam spoke harshly to the people saying, My father made your yoke heavy. I will add to your yoke. My father beat you with whips. I'll beat you with scorpions. So the king did not listen to the people, and they left Rehoboam and chose another king to rule over them. And there's a lot going on in that chapter, many lessons to be learned, but clearly one of the key lessons is that Rehoboam lost the kingdom of God because he would not 
listen. And the point to me is very clear. People lose kingdoms all the time because they will not listen. People uh, lose their most valuable blessings and treasures because they will not listen. By example, people lose the blessing and the treasure of their family because they will not listen. That's what happened in the book. He lost exactly. everything. He lost his family. He lost his family because he would not listen. Let me give you a couple of uh, true examples. My wife's about to kill me for telling you this, uh, but I'm going to rat myself out in we'll a minute see. anyway. So uh, when my daughter, Rainey, was very little, she was in the kitchen helping mom cook supper. And Sherry had given her something to do at the counter, and the phone rang, so Sherry goes and answers the phone, and she's talking to another mom. And the conversation goes over to the issue of how important it is that we listen to our children. And while Sherry is talking to this lady about the importance of listening to your children, Rainey reaches over and gets a knife off the counter and cuts her finger pretty badly. Not life-threatening, but it's bleeding. And so while Sherry's talking to this lady about the importance of listening to your children, Rainey is going, Mom, Mom, <laughs> Mom, Mom, Mom. Blood is spilling everywhere on the floor and all over Rainey's clothes. Finally, Sherry looks down and sees all this blood, and she says, I gotta go, and hangs up the phone and takes care of my daughter. The point is... She wasn't listening. She was talking, but she wasn't listening. Fair to her enough. Fair um, enough. Just the other day, I was with my grandson, uh, and he wanted to have a drink of water in a certain cup uh, that had a certain lid. And so I get the cup, and I'm rooting through all the cabinets trying to find the lid that goes on top of this cup. And the whole time, Teddy's going, he calls me lad, lad. Lad, lad, I'm saying, Teddy, wait just a minute. I'm going to find this lid. Hold on just a second. Let me find the lid. Finally, uh, after it seemed like forever, and a thousand lads, lad, lad, I looked around and he was holding the lid. I was not willing to listen to my grandson. I do a lot of counseling with couples that are having troubles in their relationship and their marriage. And, uh, you know, all the time in counseling, there's so much talking and so little listening. There's so many words, but so uh, uh, little of a desire and a willingness to hear what is being said. And so often when I ask uh, one mate to share their perspective or what they feel like the problem is, and at the end of their Time, I will look to the other mate and I'll say, tell me what they just said. So often, that person will look at me and they have no idea what the mate said, what the other person said. They weren't listening. Or they will repeat back something and I'll look at the other mate that just was talking and I'll say, is that what you just said? And they'll go, no, that's not what I said at all. The issue, they will not listen Weekly, I get a phone call. I did just a few days ago. But every week, I get a phone call from someone 
who will say basically the same words. I have lost my marriage. I have lost my family. I've lost my kids because I would not listen. Please understand, I'm not speaking about something in principle or in theory. I'm telling you personally, practically, experientially, that people lose kingdoms all the time because they will not listen. About 10 years ago, 9 or 10 years ago, I lost my job and I almost lost my marriage. And the primary reason was because I would not listen. Lot, Saul, Nabal, the older brother in the story of the prodigal son, they, uh, Samson, they all lost their families, their core key relationships because of an unwillingness to listen. People lose kingdoms all the time because they will not listen. Because we will not listen, I really believe with all of my heart, we are losing the treasure and the blessing of our nation. Our, we live in a day that is unique in that there's never been a time in history when we had such an incredible ability to communicate in more continuous, quick, and clear ways. And yet, would anyone in our society, with all of our abilities to communicate with one another in so many different ways and so effectively, would anyone in our country declare that our society feels more heard, more understood, more united? Uh, I think of CNN and Fox News, and the rest of them are all the same. But if it wasn't so tragic and absurd, it would be funny how these news organizations, they fill up their programming time with people trying to talk. So many words, and yet no one is willing to listen. Our jobs, our communities, and our nation are filled with more hostility. They're more unstable. They're more fragile. They're more dysfunctional. They're more unsatisfying than ever before because people will not listen. People are convinced that they're right and they know best and they're consumed with a passion to sway and defend and win. I say one more time that people lose kingdoms because they are unwilling to listen. Because we won't listen, we're going to lose we lose all the time the treasure and the blessing of an intimate personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me just read some, quite, some, some verses to you where God is speaking. Matthew 17, God says to the disciples, This is my son whom I adore. Be quiet and listen to him. He was talking with Moses and Elijah. They were talking about the death and the burial and the resurrection of Christ and about the coming kingdom of God. And the disciples wanted so much to talk and tell Jesus and Moses and Elijah what they thought was important. 
rather than listening. And they were trying to over-talk Jesus and Moses and Elijah because they thought they had something more important to say. How, how, how revealing that is about our own situations and priorities. In Luke 10, Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you're so upset about so many things, but Mary has chosen the better thing, the best thing. What did, she chose, what did Mary chosen to do? She chose to sit and listen. Solomon says in Proverbs 1, They hated my knowledge. God is speaking. They hated my knowledge and ignored me. They rejected my advice and would not listen. So now they must eat the better fruit, the bitter fruit of having their own way. Fools are destroyed by their complacency, but people who are willing to listen will live in peace. Hmm. Jeremiah 7, God says, While you were busy doing so many things, I spoke to you repeatedly, but you did not listen. I continually called out to you, but you would not respond. People miss an intimate, personal relationship with God. Not because God doesn't love them. Not because God's not at work. Not because God's not speaking. Not because God's not committed to their good. But so many of us miss an incredible journey with God because we will not listen. People lose kingdoms all the time because they will not listen. You know, reading through the Gospels as I do every year, one of the things that... uh, I learn different things about the Lord Jesus every year. Things jump out at me uh, that never spoke to me before, that I never noticed before. And one of the things that I've noticed this year reading about the life of Christ was what a priority it was in the life of Jesus for him to listen. When I think of Jesus, I've always thought of the wisdom of his words. What I did not see until recently, it it didn't jump out at me until recently, was the incredible priority in Jesus' life to listen. Listening was a priority in the life of Jesus. Let me get, there's many examples. Let me just give you two quick ones. In John 8, the Pharisees have uh, snatched a woman out of a, a... a very bad, wrong situation and had drug her into the temple where Jesus is sitting with some uh, disciples and they throw her down in front of Jesus and basically the Bible says that these Pharisees were bellowing, berating, and badgering the woman and Jesus. They're yelling, they're talking, they're talking, they're yelling, they're talking, they're yelling, they're talking. So many words. What's Jesus doing? Jesus is kneeling with his, with his finger and he's writing. I don't think that what he was writing was important because it doesn't tell us what he wrote therefore I don't think it was important. What is important is that while he's scribbling in the dirt, he's listening. He's listening. He's observing. He's trying to understand what's really going on. I think about Uh, the very last day of Jesus' life, 
uh, the day he stood trial before Herod and Pilate uh, and the high priest and the Sadducees and the high council, uh, the day that he was beaten and led through town dragging a cross by the soldiers, the day that he was nailed to a cross. What was Jesus doing that entire time? While everybody in the story is talking, 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 Pilate's talking, Herod's talking, the high priest is talking, the Sadducees are talking, the Roman soldiers are talking, even the thieves on the cross nailed between, uh, on either side of Jesus, everybody's talking, the crowds, everybody in the story is talking but one, and that's the Lord Jesus. And I would just say to you that we are never more like the Lord Jesus than when we are actively and intentionally listening. Listening. Trying to understand. Trying to grasp what's being said. Trying to understand what's behind the words that are being spoken to us. See, listening's not the same as being quiet. Being quiet could be good, might not be good. Being quiet is not necessarily good or bad. Being quiet is not the same as listening because listening involves my eyes and my words. I have to, to really listen. I have to look into your face. And if I'm going to really listen well, I need to ask good questions. Being quiet does not necessarily involve either one of those. But to be an active, effective, intentional listener, I've got to use my eyes and I've got to use my mouth to ask good questions. We're never more like Jesus than when we are actively, intentionally, and effectively listening. Eight times in the Gospels and seven times in the book of Revelation, Jesus says, he who has ears, let him hear Let him listen. Jesus isn't talking to people that don't have ears. Jesus isn't talking to people that have got auditory uh, issues. Jesus is talking to people who are battling with the problem of an unwillingness to listen. They don't have an ear problem. They have a heart problem. These people don't lack the ability to hear sound. These people are unwilling to listen. They lack humility. Prideful people know it all. Prideful people are busy trying to fix and persuade and justify and win. Humble people try to understand and relate and empathize. Humble people value relationships over winning the argument. And I would just declare to you, after 60 years of living life and 39 years of being married to this lady, the greatest need that I have in my life relationally is grace. And I would suggest that the greatest need that you have in your life relationally is grace. And God still gives grace to the humble. Not necessarily the needy, the downtrodden, the oppressed, those that have been taken advantage of. God gives grace to the humble and a humble person 
is a person that is willing to listen. People lose kingdoms all the time because they are unwilling to listen. They will not listen. Nothing communicates value and respect like listening. We listen to people that we value. We listen to people that we respect. Imagine somebody uh, comes uh, over and sits beside you or across from you at a table. And it's somebody that you greatly admire. Maybe it's a a movie star. Maybe it's a, a, a famous music person. Maybe it's a famous athlete. Maybe it's a famous financial person like Warren Buffett. Maybe it's a famous politician. But it's somebody that you truly admire and respect. And they begin to talk. What would you do? Would you try to over-talk them? Would you try to interrupt them? Would you just ignore what they're saying? What, 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 what would you, would you tell them to be quiet? What would you do if somebody that you truly were in awe of began to talk? I suggest that you would listen. Listening well communicates value. And listening well creates healthy satisfying relationships, intimacy, and unity. People want to feel heard and understood and respected much more than they want our advice, our counsel, and our opinions. People lose kingdoms all the time because they will not listen. Dads and husbands and employees and bosses and presidents and politicians and everything in between. People lose kingdoms because they are unwilling to listen. The good news is that people can regain kingdoms. Kingdoms that basically had been lost. When they begin to learn, they decide that they want to learn to listen well. There's hope. God can redeem broken, failed, destroyed relationships if we are willing to learn to listen. I hope that we won't lose our nation. I don't want to lose my marriage. I sure don't want to lose my relationship with the Lord Jesus all because of an arrogant, prideful unwillingness to listen. I don't want to lose that for myself. I don't want you to lose that either. So I pray that God would give us the grace, the wisdom and the desire to want to learn to listen well and give us the ability to listen well. Bless you. Bless you. We're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper. So if you've got some juice or wine, you got some bread of some kind. I want you to take that. 2,000 years ago, the Lord Jesus told those that followed him and wanted to know him and love him, uh, I want you, when you gather together, to take bread and wine or juice, and I want you to eat it and drink it. The bread representing the body of Jesus, the wine or juice representing the blood of Jesus. I want you to eat and drink these things as a way of reminding yourselves of what I did for you and as a way of declaring to one another, 
I do believe. I believe that Jesus died for me and he's my Savior. So today, let's remember what the Lord Jesus did for us and let's declare to one another, to our children, to our mates, to our friends, I believe in Jesus as my Savior. I declare that I belong to him and he belongs to me. Let's eat and drink now. Thank you so much for being with us today. The Lord bless you and keep you. Amen. All the poor and powerless And all the lost and lonely And all the thieves will come confess And know that you are holy And know that you are holy And all will see All the hearts who are content And all who feel unworthy All who hurt with nothing left Will know that you are holy And all will sing out hallelujah
Go out and scream it from the mountains. Go out and tell it to the masses. He is God. So shout it. Go out and tell it to the masses. Go on and tell it to the masses He is God Well, I'm really good at tuning my guitar and lyrics. <laughs> really good at that. Oh, man. Hey, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, if, you, if it's your first time, we are Christ Community Church. Uh, you can come back next week, 1015, uh, at Facebook Live and also YouTube Live. Um, thanks again, Sean and Zach Smith, for being here. Anything else, Larry, Justin? We good? Yeah, y'all have a great week, and we'll see you next week.